Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. You guys doing good? You guys are having a good week, a busy week. Um, I was uh, talking with someone yesterday when we actually went golfing with some of the guys. And uh, we were just talking about that week and how things were. And I mentioned that I had a really, really busy week. It was really good, but it was really busy. And uh, because of that busy week, I was reminded of a time. Uh, Liam, can you turn me down a little bit? Is it too loud for you guys? I feel like I'm yelling and screaming. I haven't gotten going yet, so I will be yelling and screaming. Uh, I, um, I was reminded of a time when I used to have a migraine headache because of the busyness of the week and the stress of what's going on because it was really busy at work for me and uh, busy with the kid schedule and just busy in general. There was a lot of things that was going on, so I was reminded that, oh man, this usually will cause me to have a migraine. But thankfully, I have not had a migraine headache in a long time, but I used to have them once a year. For those of you who ever had a migraine, you know what I'm talking about. For those of you who've never had a migraine headache, which I used to not have one, I just thought it was just another headache. It was like, suck it up, man, it's just a headache. But a migraine headache is terrible when you are in the midst of it. It's not, they shouldn't call it a headache. They should call it like a migraine brain killer. That's what the name that should be. And uh, I remember the only thing that helped me ride out the, mi- the headache, the migraine headache was either sleep, if you can, and, and more importantly, the knowledge that it will eventually be over. Eventually it will be over in a few hours or maybe the next day. So the knowledge of knowing that it will be over soon helped me to ride out my migraine. So as I was being thankful for, thankful for not having a migraine headache uh, actually in the, quite a few years, I realized, I realized that how I overcame my migraine headache, which is a knowledge that it will be over soon, can be very applicable to us as followers of Jesus. The reason it is applicable because as followers of Jesus, we must rely on our knowledge. Uh, Liam, can you turn the lights, change the lighting for this? Um, thank you. So the, the reason is, is, is applicable because we must rely on our knowledge of Jesus and our trust in Jesus in order to get through the difficult or challenging season of our lives, uh, a setbacks in our lives. You know, whether we, are, we may be suffering things. We may have a loss of a uh, loved one uh, or to the, you know, to the point where we just don't understand why we're going through this season. I think if we're really being honest, we all go through those seasons, right? And if we know who Jesus is, we have a revelation of what Jesus has planned for us, that knowledge will help us to get through the difficult season because we worship the God of the impossible. Right? He can make anything, and he has promised us eternal life, the gift of eternal life. So therefore, revelation of who Jesus is and what we have in Jesus will help us get through the season and be reminded of what we have in Jesus as we're going through the tough season. 
And, and as you are in the process of having a migraine, and I, I'm looking around, I see some blank stares. So some of you have never had a migraine headache before. So as, as you are in the midst of a migraine headache, it might felt like it's going to last forever. This will never end. But it will be over. It will be over soon because Jesus, we have Jesus. He is with us. He's always with us. And he will be there in eternity. We know that from Matthew 28 verse 20. So the knowledge about se tough season will be over soon for the migraine headache is the same as how we can apply to the tough season that we go through. And you are probably wondering what I'm talking about. Hugh, get on with the message. But keep that in mind in terms of the knowledge that Jesus is there with us is applicable to the passage that we're going to go through in John 11 and the death of Lazarus and how it may seem like the most heartbreaking thing that will last forever to those that are close to him, which would be Mary and Martha. Just remember, because we have Jesus, it will have a happy ending. All right, so let's read through these verses together from um, John chapter 11. For those who are visiting, we are going through the series of, on the book of John for this morning. We will try to go through the first 16 verses in John 11. Uh, let's read through them together. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who put perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Lord, the one you love is sick. Sick also means, uh, if, if we look in, to the actual definition of this word. It means not doing well, sick as in someone who's struggling, sick as in someone who's getting weak or someone who's lost or someone who's in need. And so as, as I was studying for this word sick, I felt this applies to someone. And don't feel like sick because you did something bad. I felt like someone's going through a tough season and sometimes someone's being challenged. And I just really want to take a couple minutes just to pray over whoever that is. Let's just close our eyes. Just one quick minute. I just want to pray over for those. If you're going through a tough season, if you feel like you're being sick, if you feel like you're lost somewhere, if you feel like you're struggling, I'm going to pray over you guys. And for those who are not feeling sick, remember this when you go through a tough season. Firstly, know that you are loved. Lord, the one you love. Jesus, I just pray that you will reveal to them that they are loved by you, Jesus. They are loved by you, Lord. They are not someone who's forgotten, that you love them. It's not because you just don't care. It's not because you look away. But I just pray that they will know that they are loved by the almighty God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe, that you loved each and every one of us. And then I want to pray for wisdom as they are going through this season, Lord, as they feel like they're struggle, struggling, as they feel like they're lost, as they feel like they're wandering aimlessly, I just want to pray for wisdom that they can see with clarity of the plan that you have for them, Lord. I just want to pray for strategy, and I just pray for breakthrough, and I just pray for strength to continue to push forward, strength and bonus, Lord. I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you will come and give them a vision Give them an image of the things that you have planned for them. Allow them to take hold of that prophetic future and know that the hope that we are walking into, each and every one of us. And lastly, I just want to pray for courage, Lord, in the name of Jesus, to stand firm and not allow this challenge season or the setback 
to take them off course. We just want to pray for that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So keep that in mind. Lord, the one you love, Jesus loves each and every one of us. So if we're not doing well, Jesus loves us. So let's go through the first three verses together, right? Uh, we eventually, as you go through this chapter, you know that it took one day of walking to deliver the news to Jesus. So when Mary and Martha found out that Lazarus was sick, they sent word for Jesus. And it took one day to reach Jesus. Uh, Jesus waited two days, which we'll talk about. He waited two days before he started walking back. And it took him one day to get back to Bethany. And we know this from verse 17. I'm, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I want to explain this so we know the situation that Jesus is in and what's going on. And also, it's, it's worth noting that Mary and Martha did not send word, sent for the doctor or the physician. That's the term they used that time. But they sent word for Jesus. Say, Jesus, the one you love is sick. Because they felt the situation with Lazarus is too much for the doctor to handle. Right? They just felt Jesus is the only one that can help Lazarus, whom they love. So they were, they were not wealthy, but they definitely were not poor either. We don't know if they were wealthy or not, but we can tell that they were not poor because we know this in John 12, and I know I'm jumping ahead to try to explain the situation. Well, because when Mary poured the perfume on Jesus' feet, the, the bottle of perfume was worth a year's wages, right? So roughly, if you know someone that poured a bottle of perfume onto someone else's feet, and that is worth a year's wages, so using today's term, the, uh, using the statistic from the 2019, the median household income in Chicago is 58000 So roughly, if someone had a bottle of perfume that's worth $50,000, you know they're not poor, right? Am, am I okay in saying that? So, so anyway, they weren't, they weren't poor either. They, but they weren't wealthy, but they were not poor. They could have sent for the doctor, but they sent for Jesus because they knew that Jesus was the only one that can help Lazarus. And we'll touch more on Mary and Martha in the next chapter. And it's also important to acknowledge what I've said is Lazarus was someone that Jesus loved. It shouldn't be a surprise to us, right? Jesus was fully human, fully God. Being fully man... He had emotions that he loved those around him, just like those he had uh, clicked with, right? Those he connected with, those he built relationship with, those who were on a mission with him, uh, those who are uh, uh, along, along the same line of who he is in terms of his personality. And secondly, it should be noted that Lazarus wasn't just an acquaintance. As I've been saying, he was someone, it's not someone that Jesus met once. It's kind of like, oh, you met Lazarus along the road as you're passing through Bethany. No, it was someone that Jesus loved. Jesus knew him and loved him. And also, it's important to know there's a significance in Jesus waiting. So that's how I started with the season. When we're in the tough season and it seemed like you wanted to end, you wanted Jesus to come right away, there's a reason why Jesus waited two days. In this passage, just the same as what we are going through right now for us. He knew Lazarus. He loved Lazarus. And Lazarus was sick, and he eventually, Lazarus died. But he didn't leave immediately because there was a reason for that. It's not because he didn't care. We know that he loved Lazarus. All right, let's continue to read, and then we'll go more through these verses. When he heard this, Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. He loved all three. 
So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days, and then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea. So he didn't give a reason for why he stayed two days. And he did not send word to Mary and Martha that he would be coming back. See, I, I found that, like, really interesting. Like, Jesus, why didn't you just tell the messenger, yeah, I'm coming? Or, hey, I'm going to come in two days. But he did not send word at all. He just waited two days, and then he told his disciples he was going to go back. So just imagine if you were Mary or Martha. Right? We know that Jesus loved them. So we assume that they love each other. They love, Mary loved Martha. Mary loved Lazarus. And they love all one another. So that must have been devastating for Mary and Martha to see their own brother, whom they loved, fell sick and died. Right? If that was my own brother or my own spouse whom I love, like if Vanessa fell sick and she eventually passed away, that's, that's like, it's not going to happen. By the way, I speak against that in the name of Jesus. But I'm just using an example. If something terrible like that happened, you was like, oh, like, Jesus, where are you? Why are you not here? Why didn't you come? So that must have been terrible for them because even though in this example we talked about four days, it could have been four years for them, right? It could have been four decades for them as each second probably seemed like a day. As someone from the outside, we probably could say, well, it's only four days, man. It's not that bad. But as you are in the midst of it, in the example of my migraine, in the midst, each second is like five years. You know what I'm talking about when you get a migraine headache. All right, where am I? So that's why it's important to remember and remind ourselves of the upcoming glorious future that Jesus has planned for us. Be patient and don't rush the process. Know that it will be over soon because of Jesus. So just like Mary and Martha, most likely they didn't enjoy waiting so long for Jesus to come. Right? The important thing is to trust in the timing of God. Trust that God's plan will come to fruition. We don't know why that is. Mary and Martha probably didn't know why Jesus waited. I'm sure they would like for Jesus to come sooner. But the timing is important. Right? I know we believe, I believe, we believe at restoration, believe in the prophetic. We believe in God speak to us and God give us glimpses and vision of our future. And we have those things spoken over us. But more often than not, it takes a long time for those things to come to fruition, to the things that we know that resonate in our heart, that God, I know you call me to this, but when is it going to happen? When am I going to see the fruition of that? Maybe I'm the only patient one. But the most important element in the prophetic is the timing. We cannot rush the process. We got to trust for the season as we walk through. Just like Jesus, he waited two days. It's not because he didn't care. It's not because he was too busy. It's not because he had a, he just, there's a timing that sometimes we don't fully understand why. And that's when it comes to the prophetic. We need to remember the timing is the most important thing because we don't want to rush into what God has given to us because we may not be ready or try to do it on our own because we're not ready. So, so I just want to share that just to help us understand what it means when we get a prophetic vision for the future, know what God called us to do, or have a glimpse of the things that God has planned for us. Four days, four years, four decades, to us is a long time. But for God, the God of eternity, it could just be a blink of an eye. So keep that in mind of who we are and who we have in Jesus. It's not fun waiting, right? I... 
I don't know if anybody likes to wait. Does anyone like to wait? It's this, as I was reading through this passage, this is what it felt like to me. And I think I've said this before. I love food. Um, I don't look like it, but I love food. So it's almost like I'm sitting here starving and desperate and hungry, and there's my favorite dish of food just sitting right here for me, and I can't eat it. That's what it's like in terms of waiting and seeing and have a glimpse of your future and knowing what God has called us to do, and you can't get into it. So I just want to share that briefly just to understand the importance of the timing. The timing for God and the timing for us don't always line up. So be patient. Trust in the God that we have because of He is the God of eternity. So the situations of waiting, as I, I try to exaggerate the situation just so then we can have an idea of what it would have, was like for Mary and Martha. It must have been maddening for them to just wait and not knowing if Jesus come. We had sent word, but we didn't hear anything back, whether he would come or not. But Mary and Martha put their trust and their faith in Jesus, not the physicians. Right? It's interesting, right? They sent for Jesus because they knew they needed Jesus and they knew he was the only one, the only one who can help Lazarus. So use that and apply it to the tough season that we're going through. Apply that to the tough season that we will be going through in the future because there's no if. When we go through the tough season, keep that in mind. Look to Jesus for guidance and directions. Look to Jesus for courage and strength. Look to Jesus to keep our focus on him and away from what we see in the natural. Just like this, this passage, right? Mary and Martha seeing in the natural that Lazarus is dying and eventually died. They know the one person who can save Lazarus and send word for Jesus. So as we keep our focus on Jesus and look around us with the knowledge of who Jesus is and what we have in Jesus, that is how we look at things around us in the supernatural eyes. So if you ever hear someone say, well, look with the supernatural eyes, you know, sometimes in the beginning of my Christian walk, I would say, well, what does that mean? This is all I have. But when we look with the revelation of who Jesus is and what we have in Jesus, that is how we look with the supernatural eyes because we know we worship the eternal God. We worship the God who created the universe and all life within it. So when we have that understanding, what we see will be in the supernatural. That's how we look at things in the supernatural because we know who God is and all the things we have around us will eventually submit to him. So anyway, I know I'm going off course for this, but so I want to encourage us to always look with the supernatural eyes, always grow in our revelation of Jesus and apply that in every situation of our life. Even when things seem desperate, it seems like it's done and finished. I can't go any further. We will be discouraged when we view our surroundings without Jesus. Seriously, turn on the news. There's no hope, no, no nothing. It's very discouraging. We're guaranteed to lose hope without Jesus. But we will be encouraged when we view our surroundings through the lenses of our revelation of Jesus. The king is coming back. The king will be here soon. And we worship the king of kings, the Lord of law. So everything is like, oh, this is just temporarily because I know where I will be. So keep that in mind. The supernatural, seeing things through the supernatural is so important to us as followers of Jesus. So, okay, all right, let's jump back into this passage. In verse 4, when Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. This is also applicable to the season that we're in, right? I've been saying that. So I believe God is saying this to some of us. 
our struggle will not end in death. So if you're going through the tough season, our struggle will not end in death. Because why? Because it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. There you go. We keep an eye on Jesus just so that Jesus may be glorified through it. He said the similar things in John chapter 9 when he healed a blind man. Like, uh, you may remember that from a few weeks ago. I'm not one to surprise to the, the theology of pain and suffering. Actually, I despise it <laughs> because that's not my understanding of who God is. However, however, we cannot deny the tough season in our lives. We cannot deny the, the difficult challenges that we go through, the things that are happening to us. So events, but those things, sometimes if we think of it from the perspective that bring maturity to one's character, instead of asking why do these things happen to me, learn from the seasons and always keep in mind, instead of trying to find an explanation for why these things are happening to us, maybe go back and read this verse. It is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And that is something I want to encourage everyone to hang on to and remind each other. Remind ourselves that. Just like the example of the migraine headache, right, I mentioned earlier. Hopefully it's coming through now. We will come through it. It will be over soon. And it is for God's glory. Jesus may be glorified through it. I feel like it is the end when we keep our eyes on the obstacles and the challenges. And when we do that, we most likely will not be able to overcome them. And worse yet, worse yet, we may be stuck in that situation and become the stumbling blocks for the people around us because we have become that problem. We have become that challenges. We've become that stumbling block. And earlier this morning at the pre-service prayer at 9.30, Vanessa prayed for a rock was being cracked open. And that's what it means when we keep our eyes and our focus on Jesus, that stumbling block, the obstacles, in front of us will crack open and we will be able to overcome it and we will not, will not be the stumbling blocks for others when we focus on Jesus always. So when we knowingly look to the future that has been set aside for us, being in the presence of our amazing God, right? That's what's going to happen. And we know that, right? I, I, hope, I hope you guys all know that, that we will be in the presence of God. Being in, uh, in, in, in being the present and experience his glory, nothing will seem too challenging or difficult in comparison to God's glory. Nothing. I don't want to say God's glory. I want to say this really quick. God's glory is not praise that is due to God. He deserves all the praise. He is due all the praises. But God's glory is not like so that we praise him. But it means his revelation, his self-disclosure, as he's opening and revealing himself. That's God's glory. In this situation, in this passage, the revelation of God's glory is what? It's so that God's son may be glorified through it. So Lazarus was raised from the dead is to provide opportunity for God to reveal his glory, which is what? To glorify his son. Because the father wants all, each and every one of us, all people to glorify Jesus as it is his purpose. If we go back to John chapter 5, verse 23. So essentially, God's glory is Jesus being glorified. That's pretty simple, right? We may think it's simple. But this is why we gather to worship. 
But sometimes we lose track of what is God's glory. Because sometimes when we gather to worship, we gather to fellowship, we gather to pray, we gather to learn more about Scripture, we gather to pray for one another, right? We gather to pray for salvation. And sometimes we gather because we want uh, to, to, to be up front. We want to share. I, I admit it, sometimes I just get so excited to preach. But we gather and preach with one goal in mind, God's glory, and which is what? To glorify Jesus. We have to keep that in mind. We attend church, we talk to people, we share the gospel, so then Jesus' son may be glorified through it. That is our vision, and we need to always keep that in mind. So yes, we do get refreshed from attending church on Sundays. Yes, we do more, do, do know more about Jesus with each Sunday. Hopefully we know more about who Jesus is with each Sunday. However, it is not about us. I know sometimes we want to make it about us. I'm speaking, yes, selfishly. Sometimes I want some of the things that I want to come through, but we need to remember it's not about us. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus and making him known and know more of who he is. All right, so let's go back to John 11. When Jesus' disciples heard him tell them to go to Bethany, which is near Judea, the very place where the Jews tried to stone him in John 10. Let's read this response in verse 8. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews, they had tried to stone you, and yet you are going back, Jesus answered. Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. I find it really interesting that Jesus actually didn't really answer the question, did he? Because the question was, well, the Jews try to stone you, and why are you trying to go back? He actually didn't say, well, I'm going back because of this or that. He's like, anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble. Maybe I'm the only one that finds humor in that. So his disciples didn't want him or them, like together, to go near where the Jews try to stone him. They didn't want to go toward what is considered foolishness, like to consider what is dangerous, what is almost certain death to all of them. However, Jesus' answer was about walking in the light. He implied for them to trust in God. If we trust in the king of light, right? We sang about that. If we trust in the king of light, we will not trip up. We will not stumble. There's nothing foolish about following Jesus. This, let, me, let me say this. There may be dangers in following Jesus. He didn't say there would, be, there would be no danger. He didn't say, well, you will not get stoned. He didn't say any of those things. He said, you will not trip up when you follow me, following the light of all mankind. Right? Jesus is the light of all mankind. Right? If we follow Jesus, we follow in the daylight, that we will not get tripped up. That's what Jesus was saying. So he didn't say that it would be easy. He didn't say that it would be smooth. He, wouldn't be, he didn't say that it would be fun. But you will, will not trip up. So the true light that gives light to everyone, John 1, 9, that's Jesus. So we will face obstacles and challenges and struggles, but we will not stumble when we are led by Jesus. That's so comforting to know, isn't it? Yes, we're going to go through some tough things. We're going to have challenges, but we will not stumble when we follow Jesus. It will not be easy. He didn't say it would be easy. But if we keep Jesus in the forefront every day, we will not stumble. We will overcome the challenges and the roadblocks. And just like the rock before us, we'll break open. 
that we will be able to walk through and we will not stumble on it. All right, so let's read on in verse 11. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friends Lazarus have fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleep, we will get better. He will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. Our friend, right? So Lazarus was friend with everybody there that was traveling with Jesus. Lazarus was not just Jesus' friend. Lazarus was everybody's friend, our friend. So this spoke to the person of who Lazarus is, right? a friend to everyone. You know, he had spoke about waking him up as in to resurrect Lazarus. So to Jesus, death doesn't mean much to Jesus. Death does not have the same impact as it means to us when we think of death, right? So he just be like, take a little nap. Don't worry, you're just going to take a little nap, and then I'll wake you up in a little while. Because Jesus knows that our Father in heaven, just like we should know, our heavenly Father in heaven, who is greater than all, greater than all, right? Which we learned that in John 10, verse 29, has the ultimate power even over death. So therefore, as I said to Jesus, death is just a sleep. It's not a tragic thing. It's tragic for us. It's a tragic thing when someone dies without receiving the ultimate gift of eternal life. That is tragic. But when we have Jesus, it's just a little sleep. So let's continue, continue with this passage as we can spend hours talking about the physical death and what it means for all people. So his disciples didn't know Lazarus had died, so they thought Lazarus would get better once he gets some sleep. They're still talking about what Jesus said literally. Right? This is because they didn't have the Holy Spirit within them yet. Jesus will go on to teach them about the Holy Spirit starting in John 14, which I'm excited for us to get to that chapter. But we... For now, we have the benefits of the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus has given to us. Like we have the Holy Spirit to reveal great and wonderful things to us if we want to see those things. Right? We have the benefits of the Holy Spirit to hear more than just what's being said, see more than what the natural eyes allow us to see. Just like I said, supernatural eyes, see things with the supernatural eyes and hear things with the supernatural ears and Discernment for the supernatural of what someone's trying to say versus what they are actually saying. Jesus, ever patient, as we have seen throughout the Gospel of John, he went on to explain to them in a way that they can understand in verse 14. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. We don't know the cause of Lazarus' sickness. We do know that Lazarus' death, and it was, it was not because he sinned, he did something bad, or his parents sinned. Right? If we refer back to John chapter 9, Jesus gave sight to the man who was born blind for 38 years. Jesus said it's not because he sinned or because his parents sinned, Lazarus did not die because he sinned, but, but so God's glory may be revealed. Jesus said that. It is so God's glory may be revealed through it. It is so Jesus may be glorified. In this instant, the waking up of Lazarus was for the sake of the disciples because they apparently called him rabbi. 
They still didn't have the revelation of who Jesus really is. Jesus is just, he's being revealed more and more of who he is to them with each miracle and he wants them to see. It's for your benefit, for you to really know who I truly am. I am the son of God, not just a teacher. At least Thomas in this situation, out of his, out of his naiveness, trusted in Jesus and thought they were going toward their death. It was because, as I said earlier, they don't want Jesus to head back to where the people were trying to stone them because if they're trying to stone the teacher, they will stone the, te- the, the students and the disciples. Whatever the teacher gets, the students and the disciples will get. And, and that's how it was in those days. And if they hang the teachers, they're going to hang his disciples. This is partly why we can understand why his disciples left, right? Because they were persecuting Jesus and eventually they hung him on the cross. They all fled because they didn't want to be persecuted. Initially, initially, they didn't want to be persecuted. And this is why Peter denied Jesus three times as he was being persecuted because they didn't want to experience the same fate as Jesus at that time. We need to keep that in mind. At that time, they were scared and they were afraid. And that's actually a topic for another sermon. So Jesus' disciples only had the courage and the boldness to face public persecution after they received the Holy Spirit. That's when they had courage. They stood up and they publicly declared who Jesus was, regardless of the painful death that they would get. Therefore, always ask the Holy Spirit to give us wisdom where we normally wouldn't have. Ask the Holy Spirit to give us discernment where we normally would not be able to know, right? If even when someone's not saying something, you know what they're sensing, you know what they're feeling. That's what discernment means. Ask the Holy Spirit to give us the strength and the courage and the boldness, the boldness to, to do the things where we normally would not possess. Ask the Holy Spirit for us to articulate our thoughts in a way where we're normally not able to speak. And the Holy Spirit allows us to do things way, way above our life pay grade. Can I use that term? Our life pay grade, you know, a lot of time in the job profession, it's like, hey, that's above my pay grade. But when we have the Holy Spirit, there's no limit to what our pay grade is. There's no limit to what we can do or able to do or able to achieve or able to know and able to impact and able to influence people. So trust in the Holy Spirit. And at least in this situation, from John 11, Thomas had the courage to acknowledge that he may be walking into their death with Jesus. That's why they said, let us go so we may die with him. But he had the courage to do so. And I want to bring this sermon to a close by reminding all of us of what we have through Jesus. Always remember that he has given us eternal life. So find comfort in that. So whatever season that we're going through, keep in mind we serve the king of kings, eternity, for all of eternity. Let's also be reminded of who we are through Jesus, right? We're sons and daughters. We're not a servant. We're not a guest. We're sons and daughters. You guys, if you guys ever seen my kids, my sons, when I talk to them, they're actually very free to talk back to me. That's what sons and daughters means, right? I'm, I'm free to talk back to my dad because I know he's my dad. It's different when I talk to the other kids. He's the pastor, so okay, I'll listen. But sons and daughters are different. That's what we are. 
with sons and daughters to our heavenly Father. So come with boldness, come with confidence. Know that He listened to us. He wants to hear us. He wants to give us what we're asking for. There's a difference between sons and daughters versus servants or friends or guests, so to speak. We're the ones whom Jesus loved. And go back to that always. Jesus, the one you love. We're the one whom Jesus loves. In conclusion, I just want to say that just as Mary and Martha experienced pain and sadness in seeing their own brother dying, they looked to the one person whom can bring restoration to their situation. They didn't send for the doctor, right? They didn't send for from voodoo, witch doctor somewhere. They sent word for Jesus. They look to Jesus. So just like them, let's look to Jesus and he will get us through the current situation that we're in. No matter how long or challenging it may seem to us, right? To them, to me, it's like four days. Well, last Sunday felt like yesterday to me. So that was seven days ago. So for them, four days, you may think, well, what's the big deal? It's only four days. But as you are in the tough season, it could be four decades. It just feels the same. But if we look to Jesus, then we know that it will only be temporary because Jesus is eternal. Four years, four decades, it's like a blink of an eye when we compare that to eternity. So I'm not advocating for anyone to go look for a tough season. Please don't go look for a tough season. Please don't try to find things that are difficult. However, we need to acknowledge that tough seasons do exist, but when they happen, look to Jesus. Keep our eyes and our focus on Jesus. And remember that it is so Jesus may be glorified through it. Whatever the tough season that we're going through, we don't need to embrace it. I don't like to embrace the tough season, to be honest with you. But let's acknowledge it for what it is. And let's have the courage and pray the Holy Spirit to give us the courage and the boldness to walk it out, to walk through it, knowing that it will be over. It will be over because we have Jesus. It is not to prove how faithful we are or to prove how tough we are or to prove how resilient we are. Just walk through it. Trust that Jesus may be glorified through that. Walk through the tough season. Walk through the valleys. Knowing that we already have the gift of eternal life through Jesus and trust in his plan. Just as Mary and Martha didn't actually hear word that Jesus would be coming, for all they know, Jesus would never come back. For all they know, it could have been like five years. But they trusted in Jesus. And when we're walking through the tough season, definitely learn from it. We defi definitely should learn from our tough season, you know, whatever it is. If we didn't ask for help, well, now let's ask for help. Whether we ask for help too much, let's not ask for help too much. Get better at whatever it is, our weaknesses. Learn from our strength. Rely on them more. You know, lean on the people that God has put around us. Maybe if we were too sensitive, so we got into that situation, well, let's not be so sensitive next time. If we're not sensitive at all, let's learn to be a little bit more sensitive. Whatever it is, learn from it, but trust that the season that we're going through is what? So Jesus may be glorified through it. And live with that revelation. Live with that revelation and the understanding of what we have in Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And trust that he will be glorified. Not maybe. 
Jesus will be glorified, right? Because we know that eventually when Jesus comes back, all knees will bow and all tongues will confess that he is Lord. So live with that revelation. Make decisions in our lives with that revelation and worship him with that revelation. I know I talked about this all the time, but I love worship. You know why? Because that's when we actually lift up Jesus. It's uncomfortable for most people. I get it. Because when we actually say someone else is so much better than me, I sing to that person, I exalt that person, and I just say that you are so much more than me, it's uncomfortable. My little ego gets in the way. But if we truly know who Jesus is, it's really easy to lift up Jesus and acknowledge him and sing to him and proclaim him and declare Jesus for who he is. doesn't matter if you can sing or not. doesn't matter at all. It's about Jesus. So, amen. So let's... Um, I'm going to close with a prayer. Father, we just want to thank you for you, God. We just want to thank you for this Sunday. We just want to thank you for your presence. Just thank you that as we gather to worship you and lift you up and honor you and praise you and glorify you, Jesus, that you are lifted up in this place. You are lifted up over this place. You are lifted up over this neighborhood. You are lifted up over the city. You are lifted up over this, uh, this nation and all nations. That you are always lifted up when we gather, Lord Jesus. That is our ultimate desire. That is our ultimate goal is to make sure, Jesus, you are above all things and all names. It's not about me. It's not about restoration but it's about you, Jesus, you and you alone, just so that all people can look to you, praise you, and honor you, Lord Jesus. May you be glorified through the season that we're walking through. May you be glorified, and may people come to know more of who you are, God. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you will remove us as stumbling blocks. Break open the rocks that may be stumbling blocks right now in the name of Jesus so that we can have the courage and the boldness to walk through and realize and remember that, Jesus, you are with us always, that you have an amazing plan for each and every one of us. And I just pray for salvation, Lord Jesus, that people in this neighborhood will come to know you, Jesus, through restoration, that you will use us so people will come to know you, Jesus, as King of Kings and come to worship you and come to receive you and receive the gift of our eternal life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And we pray to all these things in your name, God. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.